Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim outlined a new housing plan today. And it appears he found inspiration from neighbouring Burnaby. Mr. Sim announced a seven-point housing plan he will bring to council next week. One of the priorities, Sim says, is to build higher-density housing around SkyTrain stations uh, in Vancouver. Think Metrotown Development or on the old Expo line or Brentwood Mall and Lougheed Mall along the Millennium Line. Uh, Sim and his upper, uh, sorry, council supermajority say when the Expo line was built in the 1980s, many surrounding neighbourhoods did not prioritise population density around stations at that time. Here is Ken Sim talking about the time frame of the motion, which he says he will introduce next week. The time frame is as quick as possible, and it's, you know, it, we're not going to give a number on units. The, the role of the City of Vancouver is to create an environment where we can build more housing of all types as quickly as possible. So the targets we would be talking about is how do we actually reduce times to process permits and to allow people to uh, build quicker. That was Mayor Ken Sim earlier today. Well, joining me now is Andy Yen. He's an urban planner and adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University to talk a little bit about uh, this plan today, the seven-point plan. Andy, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Jess. Good afternoon. First and foremost, overall, what did you think of this announcement today? Well, I think that a lot of it actually is a rehash of announcements and policies that I think have been pursued over the last couple of years, that there isn't particularly anything new, I think one can say. I mean, they, that I, uh, I think that have been that haven't been made over the last couple of years. So I think that it's really one that I think is a kind of uh, I think a recital of what's happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when he, when I heard about the we want to be more like Burnaby, I said, well, you know, the Expo line <laughs> opened up in the city <laughs> uh, just prior to or in and around Expo, and uh, you know, Metrotown's been around for a long time. That that style of uh, of housing greater density around SkyTrain's been around a long time uh, and they continue with it as I said at Brentwood and Lougheed Mall uh, and many other communities are doing the same as well. You'll see more of that out in Surrey as well along King George. Uh, one of the other things that the uh, Mayor Sim talked about are, are two dozen villages in the city as part of this Vancouver plan, sort of lower density areas for, for the city, about 26 of them. Your thoughts on that type of planning? Well, I think that it's certainly, again, something that has been, I think, in, in, in underway for a long time. But I think overall, one has to also understand that faster doesn't necessarily mean more affordable. That I think hmm. that part of this is actually a problem definition issue, whereby the issue isn't necessarily just faster, but it's affordability. And it's affordability on local incomes that I think have been a huge challenge ahead of us that while we're able to produce housing, you've got to remember the city of Vancouver produces housing anywhere about probably around 5,000 to 7,000 units per year, mm-hmm. uh, per year over the last 20 years. So that has actually been pretty steady. And so if you're increasing the speed, I think part of this is also looking at the infrastructure that can actually build housing and actually finding that that infrastructure is already going at a pretty high capacity and how much of these types of policies uh, would result in increasing that that capacity to put up more housing. We have uh, Kirk LaPointe joining us uh, at 4 o'clock today. Uh, he, of course, uh, works at the Business of Vancouver. He's a publisher and executive 
executive mm-hmm. editor for mm-hmm. business in Vancouver. And mm-hmm. um, he wrote a, an interesting piece in regards mm-hmm. to and Generally, I don't think, you know, Kirk would push for more government, but, but he says, you know, we mm-hmm. have to start looking at regional government for Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we'll have that conversation at four o'clock. But, I, you know, as I saw Ken Sim there with his council colleagues, he's got a super majority. And I thought, well, this is nice, but you know, it all ends in ends at Boundary Road, and then you know, you right. in, you admire what Burnaby's doing, and you know, what's Port Moody going to do about it? What's Coquitlam doing? Right. What's Surrey doing? Langley Township, and, and it's sort of, you know, you almost want a, a, a regional plan that sort of it's all yeah. coalesces. I'm not saying they're all doing different things, and maybe it is working, but when you watch this, it's like, okay, well, that's one community; it's a large one, but there's 20 other municipalities here. Right. How? You know, how much are we working together to, to build this broader supply that is so desperately needed? I think the, the broader supply, diversity of supply, I think one of the greatest planning, uh, I think, ideas that come, in, that come out of Metro Vancouver is idea, the idea of cities in a sea of green. And really how much that is, I think, an understanding that it isn't just Vancouver going alone, but that this issue around affordability and and prosperity, one should add, is really one that is regional and one that's a team sport as opposed to a single-player sport. Yeah, if you were to advise the city today, if Ken Sim came to you and said, look, you know, I got these seven priorities, is that too many? Would you say, look, focus on these two things? You've still got infrastructure, sewers, pipes, and everything else that have to actually, you know, work with your housing plan as well. What what kind of advice would you give the city yourself? Well, I think that you got to, I, I think it's really how much of this all goes around three areas, supply, demand, and finance. And I think while some of these initiatives really does attempt to look at issues of increasing supply, it's really what's going on in terms of demand and finance that I think are, are, are really changing. I mean, you can imagine right now the effects of interest rates and how um, the interest rates have really, I think, changed the dynamics through which um, people can't afford or can't afford units anymore, uh, much less, I think, the role of demand that I think that while there has been a discussion around dealing with Airbnb and really the effects, the negative effects of short-term rental on rental units, that I think that this is really something that's going to require, I think, the efforts of the province and the federal government to engage in. I think that part of it is also um, the idea that somehow Vancouver around SkyTrain stations, um, those previous SkyTrain stations you had talked about, are going to become similar to Metrotown or Brentwood. I think it's problematic um, simply because Brentwood and Metrotown had very large plots of land that were, say, uh, former mall parking lots that had been seen mm-hmm. that development as opposed to uh, small parcels through which folks may or may not be ready to move. So I think that this is really um, a, 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 it's a complicated picture, and there aren't really s- simple ideas that can happen quickly because Vancouver is in a different stage of its urban development. And part of it is really trying to adapt and understand that Vancouver may not necessarily be able to see that type of development in a way that's going to be as fast as opposed to, say, a strategy of housing and transportation and economic development that can occur throughout the region, which I think uh, connects up to Kirk's points. Hmm. So should there be a greater focus, do you think, on gentle density, that idea of having the three or four story building in once was a single family neighborhood uh, instead of work, worrying about, uh, you know, a metro town in East Vancouver or something a little bit more smaller and compact, but just as dense? Uh, should we stay away from that type of thinking and should be more about gentle density in, in, in more single family neighborhoods? Because the missing middle, as we keep talking about, is that two and three bedroom townhome, the three bedroom exactly. condominium. Is that what the focus should be on? 
I think that that's certainly an avenue. We may not have much choices just simply because of really how built up we've been and the kind of, I think, rates of change that will occur in the various neighborhoods in the city of Vancouver. That there are, of course, certain opportunities that do come up once in a while, but then the overall urban fabric in the city of Vancouver has been pretty well established. And unless you suddenly offer um, homeowners, say, two or three million dollars above their assessment value, the chances of them moving is uh, is not as going to happen as fast as as redevelopment might like. And I think the, the sum effect is really uh, understanding what you're what you can deliver as opposed to just promising um, promising change. Yeah, I mean, you can say, well, you know, it's all well and good to say you want a metro type town type of development. One would argue you have one. It's called Oak Ridge. And I'm not <laughs> sure how many local people making local right. salaries can afford a lot of what is being built. I drove by there a couple of weeks ago and there's just no way a lot of right. folks can afford it, right? Right. At two or three thousand dollars a square foot, that is a really small population in the city of Vancouver that can afford that type of housing. And I think that that is really a challenge is that it's not speed. That's the problem in housing in Vancouver. It's affordability and it's affordability linked to local incomes. And you got to remember, the average renter in the city of Vancouver may be at best earning sixty thousand dollars a year. And with most purpose-built rental being well or above that number, that's a really big mismatch. And we're not even including home ownership. But that is, I think, the major challenge. And I don't think you necessarily see, I think, uh, any re- any big direct responses to that uh, to that challenge here. That's for renters. I mean, would you know off the top of your head what the median salary would be for for a homeowner, like or just a general median salary in this in this city? It's about seventy thousand, isn't it? Seventy seven or something? or close to Funny that. Enough, eighty thousand. Eighty thousand. Okay, so it's very close. It's, it's eighty thousand. Yeah, it's very it's very close. And I mean that that is the challenge is that you know as much as you talk about supply, it's how that supply meets a demand, yeah. and in certain cases of demand that has been systematically um, forgotten. That, I think, is a huge public policy issue and the kind of density. And, and I think that that's really, I think, back, uh, backstepping on the kind of solutions you're looking at. That How do we produce a home that's $600,000 for a two-bedroom, as an example? Uh, how do we produce rentals that are, say, $1,700 a month? That Looking at really whom we're trying to house and what it takes to house them in terms of density, in terms of design and transportation and amenities, I think is the avenue to pursue as opposed to just density numbers and just talking about uh, just really the speed of development. Andy, thank you for your time today, my friend. Always a pleasure.